cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 3rd of September 2008. I always advise newcomers to look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website where they can download a lot of the previous talks that I've given on this very complex system we call reality. Also look into AlanWattSentinel.eu for transcripts which you can download and print up, written in the various languages of Europe. And talking about myself for a minute, I should remind people that you basically bring me to you uh, through your donations or through buying the books that I have. Remember, there's a new one out there on the website. And you can also donate through PayPal or any other means, in fact. And that keeps me going. That makes sure that I keep coming back because I don't get paid for the shows I do. Now, the advertisers who, who advertise on these shows, that pays for the, the station and for the engineers and so on to keep going. That pays their, their wage, uh, wage checks and so on. But I personally don't get anything. And I've never asked money from any of the television or radio shows that I've done. I've never asked for money. So you bring me to yourselves, and I can keep going as long as you do so. Otherwise, I'll have to get another job or just go off and take uh, one of the three professions I can, I can do and toddle off somewhere to some nice hot country where there's less bugs than there are here and enjoy myself while the whole world goes down the tubes. But I don't want to do that because, after all, we are in this mess together and, unfortunately, this mess is spreading all over the world. It's designed to be a global system which is turning into a global sewage system as far as I can see. Tonight, I'm going to talk about the spraying in the skies that we see. At least some of us can see. Those who have memory as well. It surprises people who wake up or who are awake to find out how different they are from other people. There's a shock there. You see, it isn't simply understanding what's happening and exposing the truth that matters. You have to break that impasse between your mind and their mind. And believe you me, those who are still under the spell of total conditioning are really under the spell. They can't understand where you're coming from, and it shocks you to find out that these people have never looked up in their entire lives. That really is a scary thing, because any creature who's not aware of its environment or changes in its environment means that something has happened to its survival mechanisms. Even in the country here, when you watch the foxes do their, do their roots, they do their, the same roots every, every night, and you'll find their footprints in the snow, if a tree falls, these characters will stay off to the side and you see where they've been walking around this thing, observing it before they'll pass on. That's survival instinct. We don't have that now. Most people don't have that. We've been trained to believe that everything has been taken care of by a big Santa Claus at the top who comes out of a special womb, who has nothing but your best interests at heart. And that has been the trick from the dawn of ages. The only difference 
Americans being that perfected the system and they've also been attacking the public for generations through inoculations and through massive scientifically induced propaganda and through the education system they've, they've actually made you come to believe that you are being well taken care of they keep you as perpetual children who are supposed to never be involved in the direction that your life or your world is going leave it to the experts to say and these characters at the top have a big agenda that does not take your interests at heart it's a very ominous sign something wicked this way comes and I'll be back with more of some of this wickedness after this break to the matrix. Just before the show tonight, I went out the back door to look at these wonderful chemtrails. These are chemical trails that were floating from the north going south, so I get, they'll get it eventually in New York or Buffalo area, because the jet stream takes it down this way. And they were like helixes, all twisted initially, and other ones were like candy floss, as they call it in Britain, or candy cane to say in the United States that someone had just stuck their fingers and then pulled across the sky in all these strands. Quite a fascinating sight to see. But these were laid by jets. And believe you me, condensation trails never ever looked like this in my entire life. And since water hasn't changed, then we can only presume that this is not water at all. It's chemicals, of course. And we've been getting this for 10 years. And the aircraft are getting lower now. Now that they know that no one really looks up much, um, they're getting bold enough to come lower and really doze us with these, this stuff, which, by the way, is killing off birds and other things, too. I think it also kills off a lot of the frogs. But here's an article I'm going to read on this subject for those who are skeptical. And for those who really are skeptical, obviously, they never look up. So I, I really think you should just forget these people, honestly. They're gone. They are gone. They won't believe it till the media tells them what they should be seeing for themselves. And if the media does not mention it, they won't think about it. They truly do believe the media is an extension of their reasoning for themselves. They think that's why it's in business. And Brzezinski talked about that, and he was quite correct. People have begun to believe the media is there to do their reasoning for them. This article here was published in two, two papers, I believe. One was for the Center for Research on Globalization, and the other one was Columbus Alive. The Columbus Alive one was 24th of January 2002, and the globalresearch.ca was 6th of March 2002. And it's about the chemtrails. It says, the debate surrounding the federal government's alleged weather modification experiments has landed in the U.S. Capitol Thanks to Cleveland Democrat Dennis Kucinich, Representative Kucinich introduced the Space Preservation Act of 2001 on October the 2nd last year, 
seeking a permanent ban on the basing of weapons in space. Now, that's a dead one to start with because they've been doing the weapons in space stuff since at least the 60s. This is the bill HR 2977 specifically outlaws a variety of weapons detailed in the December 6, 2001 Columbus Alive article, Stormy Weather, which exposed allegations of secret government aerial spraying activities. Kucinich's bill explicitly outlaws chemtrails. Alive asked Kucinich why he would introduce a bill banning so-called chemtrails when the U.S. government routinely denies such things exist and the U.S. Air Force has routinely called chemtrail sightings a hoax. The truth is there's an entire program in the Defense Department of Defense called the, the title of this program is called Vision for 2020 that's developing these weapons, Kucinich responded. Kucinich said he plans to reintroduce a broader version of the bill later this month called Plasma, Electromagnetics, Sonic or Ultrasonic Weapons and Laser-Based Weapons Systems. These were amongst those bans by HR 2977. Two scientists working at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base informed Alive, this is the, the, the magazine, of the ongoing secret experiments, one involving weather modification and the other involving the creation of an aerial antenna using a barium stearate chemical trail. Now, we know the stuff, and I've had it analyzed, and so have others, is barium in these chemtrails that are coming down to the ground here. The scientists referred to the work of legendary inventor Nikola Tesla before Ronald Reagan's Strategic Defensive Initiative, or Star Wars, program, there was Tesla's vision of high-tech space-based warfare and weather modification. According to Tesla biographer Margaret Cheney, federal agents seized Tesla's papers after his death in 1943. At least one set of Tesla's papers had reached the Wright Field, now Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, Cheney wrote. The Aeronautic Systems Division at Wright-Patterson admitted it or admitted it had the Tesla papers but claimed they were destroyed. However, Tesla's dream is embodied in a glossy brochure titled Vision for 2020, released by the U.S. Space Command in 1998. The brochure states, The emerging synergy of space superiority with land, sea, and air superiority will lead to full-spectrum dominance. Full-spectrum dominance. You should look into the word spectrum and see what they mean by that. It covers everything. Full-spectrum dominance. The Space Command spells out its purpose pretty plainly, dominating the space dimension of military operations, again, to protect U.S. interests and investment. Well, who owns the U.S. and who are they protecting? And who is the war against, you may ask? There's nothing new here for those who have been paying attention in the 1970s, Jimmy Carter's national security advisor, Zygmunt Brzezinski, bluntly stated in his book, Between Two Ages, technology will make available to the leaders of major nations techniques for conducting secret warfare, of which only a bare minimum of the security forces needs to be appraised. Techniques of weather modification could be employed to produce prolonged periods of drought or storm. What are we having... What have been having for the last few years, especially since they started spraying 10 years ago? On January the 4th this year, Canadian professor Michael Chisodowski of the Centre for Research on Globalisation at the University of Ottawa 
issued a report noting that weapons have the ability to trigger climate changes. Both the Americans and the Russians have developed capabilities to manipulate the world's climate. In the U.S., the technology is being perfected under the High Frequency Active Auroral Research Program as part of the Strategic Defense Initiative. Chusadovsky wrote, Recent scientific evidence suggests that HARP, that's the H-A-A-R-P, is fully operational and has the ability of potentially triggering floods. This is in the, the treaty, by the way, the United Nations, written in the 70s, floods, droughts, hurricanes, and earthquakes. From a military standpoint, HARP is a weapon of mass destruction. So much so, it said in the treaty of the United Nations that it made atomic warfare obsolete. Doubters of the military's secret plan should refer to George and, Mer- and Meredith Friedman's The Future of War, Power, Technology, and American World Dominance in the 21st Century. The Friedman's government touted arms experts and favorites of the military-industrial complex assert that the American experience of power will rest on the dominance of space. That's the air all around you, people. The U.S. Air Force giddily embraced the Friedman's thesis in the 1996 report, New World Vistas, Air and Space Power for the 21st Century. The Air Force report notes, in the next two decades, new technologies will allow the fielding of space-based weapons of devastating effectiveness to be used to deliver energy and mass as force projection in tactical and strategic conflict. And by the way, they have tested this out on the whole continent. State University of North York, of New York professor of journalism Carl Grossman, writing in 1999, revealed how the mainstream corporate press virtually ignores the government's pronouncements, while trade journals like Space News, Defense News, Aviation Week, Space Technology, and Electronic Engineering Times routinely report on the military-industrial complex's high-tech breakthroughs. As for chemtrailed skeptics, they might want to consult Rutgers or Rutgers University political science professor Leonard Cole's book, Clouds of Secrecy, the Army's germ warfare test over populated areas. Chemtrail deniers are apparently happy with the thought that their beloved paternalistic government would engage in aerial spraying over densely populated areas. U.S. Representative Marty Sabo, a Democrat from Minnesota, denounced the secret army program to spray Minneapolis and other cities with chemtrails in the 1950s and 60s. The Minneapolis Star Tribune reported on September 1994, the idea that the government would use its own citizens as guinea pigs is appalling, and I condemn it in the strongest possible terms. Sabo told the House subcommittee investigating the secret spraying, which used fluorescent tracers to mark wind patterns. By the way, in 1948, they sprayed the, the whole uh, Saskatoon in Canada for two weeks with flying fortresses in a deal made by the U.S. and the Canadian government, and they released various viruses on the whole population. And then with their socialist system of medic- medical care that came in, they could trace people down through their lives to see when they died and what they died of. As for the Army, it argues that the secret Cold War era spraying was not human experimentation since it didn't target any specific individuals. How clever, it's all lawyers like, isn't it? They spray a whole mass of people, so we didn't target any specific individuals. And the zinc cadmium sulfide 
the cadmium sulfide is hardly car car carcinogenic. That's also in the stuff they're dumping on us, by the way. As they said it was harmless, but the International Agency for Research on Cancer lists all cadmium compounds as known cancer-causing agents. Former students of Clinton Elementary in South Minneapolis told an investigating panel from the National Research Council that the Army's secret chemical spraying adversely affected their health, according to the Star Tribune. Skeptics who continue to insist the government would never be involved in secret aerial spraying, particularly in Ohio, may want to address their questions to the C-130 air crews from the 910th airlift wing stations at Youngstown's Air Reserve Station. And I'll continue with this article because it's very important after this break. Hi folks, this is Alan Watts back cutting through the matrix, trying to get through with this web of deceit and the web is all around us and all above us and they keep spraying the darn stuff on us but anyway to continue with this article it says here skeptics who continue to insist the government would never be involved in secret aerial spraying particularly in Ohio may want to address their questions to the C-130 aircrews from the 910th airlift wing stationed at Youngtown's air reserve station in July 2000 an air force press release bragged 15 service members from military installations in Germany and England were at Ramstein Air Base, Germany, from the 8th to 12th of May, learning how to use chemicals to destroy the enemy. The seven airmen and eight soldiers learned how to plan, execute, and oversee the entire process of applying what they called pesticides by air. The press release said the Youngstown Air Unit will only be used against insects with their deadly diseases. Interesting way to phrase it insects with their deadly diseases. Apparently, insects take many forms. During the Seattle demonstrations against the World Trade Organization in November 1999, CNN reported that a military air unit with pathogen capability to induce sickness in humans was deployed against the demonstrators. So that's that article on the chemical spraying that's going on. And I cannot stress enough that you see we're being killed off. And this barium and all the other chemicals that are coming down on us have many effects on the public. It also helps along the path of sterilization, by the way, which just happens to be one of the main goals of those who set up and run this beautiful new world order. But, you know... I wonder how far it has to go before people truly, truly start to understand that they're being done in. Done in. You know, the cancer rate now is its almost like every second person has cancer. And again, they're getting taught in medical school. As they come out of medical school, it's all quite natural. They don't know the cancer rate 50 years ago or 60 or 70 years ago. They're not taught that anymore. That's how easy it is to condition each generation of quacks that are put out into the workplace. We're under a totalitarian system, and they mean business, because this, remember, it was an old agenda from Britain, from the days of John Dee, when they coined the term the British Empire. 
they set up a world of free trade, but a new system as well. And it was at the same time that Bacon came out with his New Atlantis, a place in the West, which was America, obviously, which would bring the whole world under its new type of civilization that would be run by a secret government, a government who lived literally three miles deep within mountains or under the ground with laboratories using science to control everything, including, by the way, the weather. The the book, remember, was published, written in the late 1500s and published in 1602. You couldn't dream this stuff up. Even Bacon even talked about the ability to try to create any kind of life form from scratch. Talk about dabbling with DNA here. This is when they had candles for lights and a horse and buggy to pull you along the road. Here's a report here, and this falls in with the line of Britain because Britain is the premier for every, it's the one that always leads the way for every other country in its new world order. Remember, the Royal Institute for International Affairs is only part of the system that came out of the Cecil Rhodes Foundation for World Government, a world government where your betters would rule over the lessers. And I can't believe it's happening at this speed in Britain. They must be so lethargic and worn down with the socialist system they've had since World War II. This is from Sky News. And it's, it says here, I think the date was uh, Monday, September the 1st, 2008, thousands of secondary school pupils are to tackle completely new subjects as they return for the new academic year. A school pupil writes during a session, curriculum shake-up for secondary schools. It says, the new curriculum will see youngsters learn about subjects such as credit card debt, climate change, which is a political idea, and tackling obesity, which is the outcome of your body being tampered with, with all the junk you've been forced to eat now, that have modified everything. The changes will also allow head teachers in England to schedule lessons in economically useful languages, such as Mandarin and Urdu. Traditional study topics such as Shakespeare and the Second World War will remain but themes like sustainable development, here we go with the same Royal Institute of International Affairs CFR agenda. Environmental change and global poverty. Global poverty. Now that's what communism was about, remember? That was the equalization of wealth across the planet. This will be given even greater focus to make people aware of their responsibilities as world citizens. World citizens, eh? It's great how these superior ones make us all world citizens without asking us. And where does that come from? The Royal Institute for International Affairs and the Council on Foreign Relations. And Mr. Rockefeller hands out awards for global world citizens. It must all be a big coincidence, eh? It says pupils aged 11 to 14 will get entitlement to cook I will be taught how to make simple, healthy meals from basic fresh ingredients, helping to fight obesity. This is from GMO Food. Who's kidding who? Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. 
Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Trying to make people a little indignant about the totalitarian system that's emerging all around them and how they passively go along with it hoping to postpone the worst effects until the last minute. But that's not how you do things. You've got to hit them when it starts. You've got to say no. You've got to start saying no now before it gets any, any worse. And all these little council things that are going around you, you know, little areas, all these little laws they are passing, you better get there and tell them, no way, Jose. Okay? Or it's, it's goners. It's all goners. We're all be goners. Simple as that. You've got to get involved and say no. No is a nice little word. It's quite simple to say no. Don't explain yourself. Just say no. No. Because as a sovereign individual being, you have the right to do that, yes or no. Quite simple. Learn to say no. I still wonder if that's why parents were taught to tell their children, don't say no to me. It also is a natural thing to say. And perhaps if we grew up constantly saying no, it would be a different world, wouldn't it? This it's a continuation on how bad it is in Britain, who really is ahead of everyone else on this totalitarian regime that's going to become the new utopia for the elite. The Telegraph.co.uk on September the 2nd, 2008. And it says here, um, councils are recruiting residents to report anyone who drops litter fail to recycle their rubbish, that's, that's their garbage properly, or who allows their dogs to foul the streets. And so here's the councils now recruiting snitches. It says advertisements looking for people to sign up for the up-paid or the unpaid environmental volunteer jobs have been posted across the country in recent months. Across the country, mind you, using your tax money. Critics said the scheme is encouraging a big brother society where friends and neighbours will be encouraged to snoop on one another. The recruitment drive follows news that the Home Office is granting police powers, police powers to council staff. These are these little prunes that, that meet in the golf course and, and do all the little charity stuff to get on the council board for the remis- resumes. They're granting them police powers to council staff and private security guards, allowing them to hand out fines for low-scale offences and ask for personal details. Matthew Elliott of the Taxpayers' Alliance said, Snooping on your neighbours to report recycling infringement sounds like something straight out of the East German Stasi's copybook. Well, that's because it is. With council tax so high, the last thing people want to pay for is an army of busybodies peeping through their neck curtains at their neighbours as they put out their rubbish. Well, it's time to buy slingshots, isn't it? Eh? This Easterly Council in Hampshire has said it wants residents to monitor local environmental quality to combat issues involving recycling and waste. This is after they cut them back from garbage pickup every week to, I think, what, uh, twice a month. The local authorities have already employed about a dozen people who answered an ad in a council newsletter which said volunteers will be involved in reporting issues in their area such as recycling, waste, fly tipping, I'm not sure what that is, fly tipping, graffiti, dog fouling and abandoned vehicles. 
and the borough of Tower Hamlets in East London is advertising for similar roles within its environmental department while other councils are expected to follow suit. Now, how come they're expected to follow suit? See, they're all in cahoots together to take their orders from a higher authority. The volunteers are not asked directly to spy on neighbours, but they're encouraged not to ignore tip-offs. <laughs> a spokesman for Tower Hamlet said, These are all people who care about the environment, and they will be ambassadors for their area. I know what kind of turf I would like to have them in, because I love green so much. They will be, they will be there to report graffiti, abandoned vehicles, and so on. Local Government Association environmental volunteers care passionately about their area and want to protect it, the little Nazis. They are not snoopers. They will help councils cut crime and make places cleaner, greener, and safer. It's time to buy a lot of green paint and paint these characters. They used to tar and feather them and put them on the lampposts. So it's cover them in green. That's what I would do. Cover them in green. Put a big sign there. No snoops wanted in this area. Because if you let this go on, you know it's going on to the next step is to report your conversations and what topics you talk about, what you think about. That's what it's really all about. And you better hit that in the bud very quickly. No pun intended. We'll go to the callers now, and we've got uh, Rick from California. Are you there, Rick? Yeah, can you hear me, Alex? I can, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, great. Um, yeah, so, because some great topics tonight. Um, I wanted to, there's three things I wanted to, to bring up to, to, to kind of ask you, um, unrelated. Um, the first one is, um, last, last week you were talking about um, having an experience, um, like a paranormal type experience, and I wanted to ask, is it necessary that one must go through this, this kind of experience in order to, to have woken up, or, or is it okay just to be, or, it, or can one just be satisfied to just to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, ticked off. You, you should never look for, for someone's, or some formula to wake up. Some people yeah. just suddenly, suddenly, it's like coming out of a coma. Mm-hmm. It, it just hits them suddenly. Um, yeah. Other ones have been growing quietly along the way and then suddenly emerges until they can't ignore it anymore. They have to start speaking out. I there's, see. There's different ways to, to, to wake up. And to be honest with you, um, most people will never wake up. That's what the elite have always known. Yeah. Because most people are technically hypnotic. They, they, live, they, they sort of go in and out of hypnosis all day long. They can't tell fact from fiction anymore. Their brain is so sluggish because of all the modified foods that, that they're eating uh, and so on. Uh, their sugar levels are all crazy today. Almost every other person is becoming diabetic because of the stuff we're being fed. Um, so... Uh, you have to understand not everyone is going to wake up, but it doesn't take everyone to change the course of this incoming comet. Uh, It doesn't take many people really to say the right things at the right time and to start demanding to to change the direction. And the key is not to fall into the arguments which are laid out for you to fall into. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't have to be a paranormal experience then? You don't think. have to. You don't have to. Technically, too, uh, some people can have some experience which gives them an empathy for others. Mm-hmm. Some will go through that, um, and it forces them to look at themselves because when you look at all the evil in the world, and if it's caused by humans maybe higher up than we are, 
um, we all have that capability somewhere at some degree, some level, maybe not to the same extent as these, these psychopaths do, but we all have it in us. And once you reflect on yourself, you start to understand things more, but you also start to have empathy to, for the effects of all this evil upon the people around you. I see. Yeah. The next thing was there, but for grace, go you or I, and it's very true. We could all be at the bottom of the heap, blown up like balloons on the on the junk that we eat, and, and totally out of the picture. Yeah, yeah I've, I've experienced that. I felt that that what you're talking about. Yeah. I wanted to ask. Um, now the next the next question is, um, you know, like, like if you have a murder weapon, like a like we know that a gun could shoot somebody. And, and kill somebody, but we don't. But we don't know if it was used in this particular in, instance or crime, and that's where courts come in and stuff. So, in the case of like things like Katrina or droughts in Africa, we know these weather weapons can be used to do these things, and I have a suspicion they were. They are being used. How, how, how do we prove that that it was that it was? When someone says, "Where's your proof?" What, what, what do we say, or how do we how do we? I don't even bother with those people. Really? Because those people haven't even looked at the skies, obviously, for years. Well, yeah, but I mean, when you, when you speak out against the law, when you if I were to do a demonstration or write to a congressman and they and, and they were to say, "Where's your just laugh at me?" How would I? How 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 do you we understand? That? Your Congress are useless for you. Yeah. The, the the politicians are all bought and paid for. They will they will not go near this topic. Now, it happened in Canada. One did, and she was the MP for Sudbury, mm-hmm. and Don Scott, who who had got her filled in on the chemtrails, she went to the Parliament in, in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the minister for the Department of Defense stood up and said to her, we don't have to answer your questions. This is a matter of national security. They did not deny the skies were being sprayed, but they said, we don't have to answer questions on this. They would not answer them. So your parliaments, your governments are technically useless. Mm-hmm. You've got lots of prostitutes in there and psychopathic uh, novices who are just climbing the ladder. And they smell which way the wind is going and go along with it because they want little brownie points on their resumes. I see. And then the third one I wanted to say, wanted to say was, um, you know, before the Republican National Convention, uh, the police were going into homes and terrorizing people, including little children. Yeah. And so the anarchists went out and slashed car, cop car tires and busted in windows. And, and part of me was like, yeah, you know, I was like, part of me was so, my, I was so angry. If, if someone had, you know, um, Scared my little child with a gun. I would want to be. I want to do the same thing. But then the other part of me is like, well, this is this is what they're making us. They're want. They're trying to provoke the people. It's too. a dialectic. Is is dialectic simply put in action? Mm-hmm. It, it's it's the you've got the condition and the response, and you're seeing it happen. They want conflict amongst the public. Yeah. They want us all fighting each other at the bottom, so they can say, look, the, the public at the bottom are really crazy. We have to have more enforcement, and so on and so on. So we can't fall into that trap. In fact, the communist technique was to allow things to get so bad, even stop charities from handing food out to the starving, to try and exacerbate the tensions for revolution. This is the standard technique as well. Don't fall into the standard responses. The best way to do it with these people is to shame them. You've got to shame mm. those little henchmen. That's all they are, as low-edge low uh, end uh, henchmen. You yeah. shame them. Uh, as to what they're doing, that's what you have to do. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, well, thank you very much, Alan. Thanks for calling. You have a good, uh, you have a good weekend. And you too. And we've got uh, Joel in California. Are you there, Joel? Alan, how's it going? I'm surviving here. 
Oh, that's great. Yeah, I tell you, I wish you were back on the two-hour schedule because, uh, man, it just seems like this one hour goes by so fast. It does. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, I have uh, a little bit off topic from the uh, chemtrails. Is um, I was wondering if your research ever brought you across, um, like, the uh, – I guess they've been proven to be a fake anthropologist, essentially, uh, Carlos Castaneda and Tobias Schneebaum. Mm-hmm. And to this day, they still claim these books are nonfiction. And I was wondering if you've ever kind of come across them, and if so, what part do they play in the whole kind of mind games that are going on in culture? Well, the mind game and culture that really started big time uh, in the 50s, in fact, with the major sci-fi guidance getting released, was followed up quickly um, by the, the New Age movement, especially when the Beatles broke out. That was really what kicked it off. And the whole idea, and this is from Freemasonry itself, by the way, they call it possibility thinking. The guys who introduced possibility thinking were all high masons. And it was to get you into not seeing the world the way you saw it, but looking at all the possible things you could do to change or, or, or get for yourself or whatever power, in other words. And out of that came a plethora of books to do with the, from, from New Age authors that suddenly appeared there, which could take you on almost LSD trips from cover to cover. And that, again, made everything, everything, everything that was fantastic seem possible. And if you really get caught up in it, you would lose your ability to really rationalize for yourself. That was part of it. And it was also to, to create an illusion that you technically can, can gain power by techniques uh, and through certain masters, which, of course, would come forward uh, to the public, which they did through different organizations over the years. And the end product being you can become a god. And we saw that with Shirley MacLaine and others where she declared she was God in the big uh, documentary that was done. So it's all part of a dissociation process. You make people dissociated from a reality and caught up in a fantasy world, a fantastic world where anything can be possible through magic, basically. Now, if you look at what's been done to the public, they're using hard sciences here. They're not using uh, uh, human or other types of magic as far as we can see Mm -hmm. so it's the dissociative process they want from using pure logic and it also was meant to destroy what the vestiges of christianity that told you not to dabble in magic you see so okay oh i'm sorry yeah so that that and they did they gave you a lot of different authors that came out of the woodwork who were all masons and, uh-huh. uh, and they were being coached. Many of them were not single people, but there were teams of specialists. And you can find the same teams of specialists going back to the days of H.G. Wells. It wasn't just one author who wrote all that stuff. He had a whole team in a building working for him. I see. Okay, well, now the reason I ask this question is actually because, um, well, not to be like super-duper personal here, but when I was about 14, um, I was a victim of what would be called the uh, grooming process. And part of this grooming process was uh, the guy was like, here, read this uh, uh, Carlos Castaneda book. You know, and I'm 14 years old, and I'm reading this. And as you had outlined there, um, 
that process that you described did, in fact, happen to me. You know, because I was under the impression when I was 14 that, like, this was a nonfiction book yeah. based on the fact that right on the spine to this day, those books say nonfiction. Mm-hmm. And then as time went on, it was almost like the dose was up, so to speak, yeah. where I was then introduced to the Tobias Schneebaum books, mm-hmm. which, you know, got into all kinds of stuff. Well, you know, they end up at actual cannibalism. Yeah. And so I'm kind of wondering, you know, like, I guess I'm sort of wondering what op was I essentially, uh, I guess you could say, victimized by? I mean, yeah. have you heard of this exact process before? Or yeah, oh, yeah there's no doubt. Uh, I mean, even with the, within the OTO, and Crowley uh, promoted this. He actually said it in the book of the law that the greatest sacrifice you can give is your own firstborn child. Uh, his own firstborn child um, well, did die a year, a, probably a year from birth, uh, and Crowley had moved off to a little Italian uh, village where there was you could buy any cop off and so on, so he had no problem getting away with it. Um, but uh, these characters were trying to encourage all this kind of stuff. So once you break reality and you break the norms and you bring people into what's called magical thinking, you can guide their, their thought processes into the most bizarre routes. But it's always the ones that you pick for them. And it's written in such a fantastic way, it's almost subliminal. It, it, it picks stuff from the deep unconscious and the medulla uh, oblongata area, the brain, where everything resides, and it pulls it to the fore. So really the sleepwalking state takes over you and into your conscious life and you're, you're, you're hypnotic you're going through a hypnotic stage it could last for years yeah oh wow okay now would you have any idea like why okay, this... well, hold on and we'll do this after the break here And this is Cutting Through the Matrix. We're talking to Joel from California about his own experiences in this whole New Age format when he followed the Carlos Castaneda and others along the, the mystical journey, the magical mystery tour, as they called it, in higher levels. So do you want to continue, Joel? Uh, yeah, sure. I guess the part that I'm, uh, I guess the part that I'm, you know, looking back, trying to understand and come to grips with is, um, well, I mean, it seems obvious that uh, the person did it to me in a very systematic nature, like it was almost a recipe on yeah, a how... Recipe. You're right on, yeah. And, you know, so I guess I'm trying to figure out, um, was this just one guy's way of getting his jollies, or was it you know, something that was like even uh, yeah, even more sinister. You know, was it? Um, I guess like what is the like where where would someone learn the mechanics of this? Yeah. I mean, I would think a lot. Of, I know a lot of people. A psychopathic personality just gets off on yeah. you know hurting kids. Mm-hmm. But I'm just wondering if there is something. I, I guess more to it. Is, I, I know um, that the governments, as I say, governments and agencies, I mean, there are departments, for instance, in Britain of MI5 that literally, literally 
have a place in the Cotswolds where they train people to go out into the world to create mystery and confusion. These are agents. Uh, Crowley was one of them. Mm. And that's what they do. And they're assigned different areas, different places. Uh, sometimes they, they, they come out initially with, with fairly big money. They get big halls. They get followers. Other ones do it more do, do it quietly and, uh, and will teach one-on-one. So you don't know which part of which experiment you're, you've been part of, really. Yeah. Oh, okay, but, I mean, to you it does sound like it was actually part of an experiment more than just one person doing their thing. It, it, very, very probably, very probably, yeah. Okay, yeah, and um, I, ju- I guess just wrapping up, um, you'd mentioned Crowley, and, of course, you know, I'm you know, f- quite familiar with that. And one of the things that I don't hear people talking about too much was his first book, his uh, Diary of a Drug Fiend. Yeah. And I was wondering what you made of, there was a part in there where it almost seemed, well, he basically explains the entire drug game. I guess the book was written in, what, 1919 or something like that? Yeah. And he basically spells it all out, and I was just wondering, what was that all about? I mean, is that just them putting it in your face? Or, they put it in I your mean, face, but it's also to intrigue you. <clears throat> because even when they expose something, it can be so fascinating, you might be tempted to try it. And they wanted to, and Huxley did too, the doors of perception, they wanted to get the public into drugs. Some of the, the present-day leaders are put out there still do. They want you to go to South America and, and drink all these elixirs and have your various experiences is the same format because maybe one out of every three people who do that will actually have an alteration a physical alter a permanent one too of the brain and they will have loss of affect etc and uh, these are all parts of, of experiments as well so it, it, they can actually buy remember too that, that um, Crowley uh, was part of the whole thing. He told you to go to South America as well and try the drugs down there and have your, your, your godly experiences. Uh, they've all done the same thing down through the ages, and the present ones are still doing it, in fact. I see. Yeah. But the music's coming in, and i got to go, I'm afraid. Well, thank you, Alan. Really appreciate it. Okay, so from Hamish and myself, from a very heavily sprayed Ontario, Canada, It's good night, and me, your God, all your gods, go with you.